Joe, you had a dream last night, didn't you? Weird one? I think you did. Yeah, it was pretty strange. What happened? So I dreamt that my neighbor's cat came over and, like, coughed up a hairball all over our kitchen floor. He was, like, the size of another cat. So I, I picked that up and threw it away, and then I ended up having sex with uh, Anne Hathaway. The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. I mean, against big-time competition at Florida State, Jesse Bates had 14 tackles, 8 solo, 6 assists. He also had 2 PDs. Those are pass defense. Good player. Good kid. Steelers could take him at 28th overall. He could play center field for him. I'm telling you. Maybe he could play for the Pirates, too. This Penn's Cap series is bringing, I think, the worst out of Penguins fans. I really believe that. They have a lot of confidence in their hockey club until, of course, they lose a game. When Penguins fans see their team lose a game, it's, oh my God, let's shoot Chris Letang into the sun. Let's beat Connor Sherry with a switch. Let's throw Matt Murray off the bus. It's awful. But prior to the series against the Capitals, it's the opposite. It's, oh, the Capitals don't have a chance. The Penguins are going to bitch slap them. I put up a poll. Who wins the series? Very simple. Highly scientific. 85% of the listening audience says the Penguins are going to win. 15% say the Capitals. And while I understand saying things along the lines of, I have never seen them beat the Penguins, so I'm going to pick the Penguins I also think you need to look at this series as a whole. I think you need to understand that the Capitals are a very good hockey team, despite what they lost this offseason. And I think you need to realize they've come very close to beating the Penguins the last couple of years. Sure, the Penguins never had their backs against the wall in terms of elimination back in 2016, but that does not mean that the games weren't close, and it doesn't mean that the series wasn't very close to going seven games. Last year, the series did go seven games. And it's things like this, quoted from Chris Adamski, who's a buddy of mine. He from the Trib. He said on Twitter, quote, five Stanley Cups, five times going through Washington to get there. Half the Penguins, Capitals, ten playoff meetings have featured that year's eventual Stanley Cup champion. Zero times was at the Capitals. The Penguins have won nine of ten series, end quote. Well, I love giving it to Philadelphia, and boy, do I. I also love giving it to Washington. But I at least respect what Washington's doing and how they've built their hockey club. If they didn't play the Penguins in each of the last couple of years, if the Penguins somehow did not make the playoffs or uh, were sitting aside somewhere else, they could very well have been your Stanley Cup champs. They were that good. I get where you're coming from from this standpoint. Quote, the Capitals have never made it out of the second round of the playoffs with Alex Ovechkin, end quote. And Barry Trotz has never guided a team out of the second round of the playoffs. He's a lame duck head coach. I understand. Sure, there are ghosts of girlfriends past. And it's been a factor for Washington. They admitted almost to a man that they were nervous in Game 7 after the Penguins took the lead last year. But if you just look at the hockey, the last two series may have been 
but a bounce or two away from going the other way. Think about 2016. Capitals won game one. T.J. Oshie had the wraparound. I'm still not convinced the puck went in, but regardless, they won. Game two, it's right down to the wire. Eric Fair, of all people, scored off a Malkin feed. I got the Penguins within 2-1. to one. The Capitals then outshot the Penguins in the next game at home, PBG Paints Arena, 49-23. And the Penguins found a way to win that, 3-2. to two. Now, there's something to be said about finding a way to win that game. There's also something to be said to Penguins fans about that game happening. Washington had it in them. Washington had the ability to bury the Penguins. Didn't happen. But they're a pretty darn good hockey club. The Penguins won game four in overtime to make it a 3-1 to series lead. Hornquist with the winner. Schmidt pooped down his leg. I think it was Schmidt. They had a lot of bad defensemen that year. One of them pooped down their leg and smacked the puck over to Hornquist's stick. It was an overtime game, though. If the Capitals find a way to put one in the back of the net, we're talking about a different series. Then the Capitals won on one game five, five to three behind Braden Holpe. And then, of course, we all know Nick Bonino in game six. It's over! That's my doc. It's not good. If the Penguins blow that lead, which they did, they're up 3 nothing, and the Caps stormed all the way back to make it 3-3 and then lost that game, what the hell do you think happens in Game 7? We don't know, but anything could have. Anything can happen in a Game 7. They always say it's the best two words in sports. It is and it isn't. It is if you're watching Toronto and Boston tomorrow night and you're from Pittsburgh. It's not great if you are watching that game tomorrow night and you're from Boston or Toronto. In 2017, Crosby scored twice in Game 1. The Penguins won Game 2 despite getting outshot 36-24. Game 3, Crosby's head got broken, and Shattenkirk won it pardon me, in overtime. And then the Penguins won Game 4 to go up 3-1. to one. But then the Penguins got spanked the next two games. They got bent over the rails. They got punched in the back of the head. Literally, figuratively, and the Capitals were the far better team. I did not think the Penguins were going to win Game 7 last year. And perhaps the curse of the Capitals, the curse of the Penguins, all that came into play, and they were gripping their sticks too tight. But that series could have easily gone the other way had Alex Ovechkin put one in the back of the net. Marc-Andre Fleury gets one with his shaft. That's not about nerves. That's about luck. Now, Mark's got great reflexes. It's a hell of a save, but come on now. All he had to do was miss the inch. That's it. An inch to the left, an inch to the right, half an inch to the left or the right. That puck's in the back of the damn net. And if it's 1-1, crowd in a frenzy, Washington all of a sudden believing in themselves. Who knows what happens last year? I thought the Capitals were the better team in the series last year. I thought the Capitals were just as good as the Penguins two years ago. It happens sometimes where the better team does not win. It happens sometimes that bounces and luck dictate the way a series winds up. You want to create your own luck, but Washington and Pittsburgh aren't separated by as much as you think they're separated by. Hell, go all the way back to 2009. Ovechkin streaking in on a breakaway. Marc-Andre Fleury robs him. That's not luck. That's skill. That's Marc-Andre being better on that particular play than Alexander Ovechkin. But if that puck goes in the back of the net, the game, the series, the history of this rivalry is different. In the nerves... Last year probably aren't there. And things change. 
Hockey isn't always about the obvious narrative. We try to make it that way. Think about back to game six. The Penguins win that game against Philadelphia. And Phil Kessel was all over Claude Giroux after his, what I thought was a dirty hit, on Carl Hagelin. And Stan did his segment on Monday where he lauded Phil Kessel saying, oh, you did a great job. That probably sparked the team. Connor Sherry did the same thing when he's humping a dude down there on the ice. If those two are willing to put in the extra body blow, then, hey, who else isn't going to do that, right? Well, that's the narrative after the Penguins won. Had the Penguins lost, oh, my God, Phil, what are you doing? Now we got to play game seven. Why would you let that happen? How could you let the emotions get the better of you? Same thing with Connor Sherry. We let the easy narrative become the narrative that sticks in our mind, and we just run with it. And, oh, the Penguins own the Capitals because they're always better. Yeah, there's something to that. But there also have been little things in every series that change whether or not the Penguins win. Little things in every series between these two teams since 2009, that I could say if that went the other way, Washington could perhaps have won the Stanley Cup. So let's not pretend like it's going to be a cakewalk. Let's not pretend like the Penguins are just going to run away with this thing and win it in four games. Let's not pretend like just because they have capitals on the front of their jersey and the Penguins have this skating penguin means that it's all over. Because it's not. So many Pittsburgh fans are happy that they got Washington instead of Columbus. Man, that is just you not getting hockey. Oh, well, they're the Capitals. That's a damn jersey. Doesn't mean anything. Columbus isn't that good. They won 13-16 down the stretch this year, and they had to come back to win four of the last five after being down three goals. That says something about their moxie. It also says, hey, they're spotting teams a hell of a lot of leads. They're not that good. They're also not deep down the middle. Washington is. Bobrovsky has never played well in the playoffs and was never able to solve the Penguins. Meanwhile, Brayden Holpe, he's got about a 930 save percentage in the playoffs. The same kind of numbers Matt Murray's put up, and yet Penguins fans think this guy sucks. I think the Penguins are in his head a little bit, but just a little bit. A lot of Penguins fans wanted to see Washington only because of the playoff history. And I don't think it means junk right now. 412-922-2874. Jesse Marshall is going to join us in eight minutes here on the Crowley Show. There's another thing that people are saying out there, and this is going to kind of go back on my topic just there. It's that Washington's learned something. Oh, these Capitals know how to come back from adversity. They know how to battle back when their backs are against the wall because they beat Columbus in round number one. Again, I think Washington's a really good hockey team. I think the last couple of series could have gone either way with Washington, pardon me, and Pittsburgh. I burped. Too much kibasi. But now, all of a sudden, for all their sins to be absolved is bizarre to me. The national media is all kinds of gagging on their knobs saying they came from behind to win four straight against Columbus and they are a good hockey club. Their woes are in the past. 
Well, do you not pay attention to history? Last year, they did the same thing. They were behind two games to one to Toronto, a team that everyone thought was overmatched, a team that nobody thought had a chance to beat the mighty Capitals, and they pushed them to the brink. This year, Columbus wins the first two in Washington, and then they had an opportunity to put Washington away in Columbus in overtime in Game 3. This Washington team is capable of doing great things. This Washington team is also capable of falling apart. That's what makes hockey so interesting. The Penguins the last couple of years, they could have easily been the team sitting on their couch with Washington moving on, but things went their way. If the Jackets scored in overtime in Game 3 to go up 3 nothing, well, guess what? Washington's not playing anymore. They didn't get the bounce that they needed. Washington did, and now Washington's got an opportunity to kind of exercise their demons against these Pittsburgh Penguins in round number two. But let's not pretend like because they beat Columbus, all of a sudden they now don't have any pressure because they now understand what it takes to win and to come back when their backs are against the wall. No, they do it every year. Because in order to lose in the second round every year, you have to win the first round. So it's nothing new. They do it all the damn time. They win in the first round all the damn time, and they find a way to lose to the Rangers or the Penguins in the second round. That's what happens to them every damn year. They've learned. No, they haven't. They always win in the first round. 4129222874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I'm giddy for this series. Giddy. It's so much better of a product than Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. I mean, Philly couldn't hang. Washington can hang. These games are going to be entertaining. Your heart's going to be in your throat. It's going to suck and be awesome all at the same time because that's what playoff hockey is. Probably not going to start the series till freaking June. But it'll be fun when we do start playing. Jesse Marshall up next. Then it's hottest take of the day, other crap, and the three stars of the show. It's the Crowley Show. Boss, there's a photographer out here who wants to do a piece on Jimmy John's for her magazine. What kind of piece? Uh, well, she heard about a clothing optional delivery policy and, uh... Did he tell her the naked driver incident was a momentary misunderstanding? Yes, sir, but... Did he tell her it's our meats that are going all natural, not our drivers? Yes, sir, that's not... Did you tell her Jimmy John's is committed to serving sandwiches with only the finest all-natural ham, roast beef, salami, bacon, and real fresh turkey breast? Yes, sir, I did, sir. So she wants to photograph our sandwiches? No, sir. Actually, she wants to do a calendar. A what? A calendar. You know, the men of Jimmy John's. Dibs on January. So uh, what about Derwin James? You like oh, him? he's rising of how he tested at the Combine, man. There's a chance. He might be the first defensive back off the board. He had a torn MCL. What a baby. He's got nowhere near the talent of Ntuke Carrera Katuka. ESPN Pittsburgh Traffic. Tony tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. Are you going to talk hypotheticals all night, or are you actually going to talk about the player-to-player matchups? <laughs> oh, boy. Well, we've got Jesse Marshall coming up in a few moments, so we will talk about some of the matchups. We also do a three-hour freaking radio show where I'm not going to talk about X's and O's the entire time, Tony, which is what I said to him on Twitter, which is why he responded with, Yeesh, 
That makes it seem like you couldn't handle it on your own. Don't worry, tomorrow's a fresh day. I hope these two saucy tweets don't put me on the bleep list of Pittsburgh Sports Media Quit and B Club, but I think today I'm just a bit tired of hearing the obvious. Here's what Tony's profile says. It says he's a husband, a dad, an actor, and a Pittsburgh dude. Hey, Tony, what have I seen you in? Oh, that's right, nothing. So while you're a husband for now, you're probably an out-of-work actor, which means you won't be a husband for long. And you're a Pittsburgh dude. So at least that's cool. You don't have any kids, do you? So there's nothing tying your wife to you, is there? You're done. You're over. Get the hell out of here. She's going to leave you. You just thrashed his career. You broke him up. Now Tony's an out-of-work actor, single, no kids. Nothing to do but tweet the show. I mean, he's got 263 Twitter followers. What, what, what have I seen him in? Nothing. He was probably in the Dark Knight Rises in the scene at Heinz Field. You know who else was there? Me. I've got an AFTRA card. How about that? It's a SAG card. Yeah, SAG what? AFTRA, what? same yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's both. Yeah, it is both. I yeah, get you. I could pull it out right now. No, I we In get fact, you. I bet you this guy doesn't have any equity. Yeah, we get you. We're not even allowed to be on the air here without one of those cards. I he said, to, got one card. kid. He's replying quickly. You're trashing me right now as I'm sending this. And you and I actually did a project together. It's called Mulligan. Uh. <laughs> no, it's not that guy. That guy was Pat. He was cool. Oh. Well, wait a minute. He didn't do the project together with, with you because he was on. No, I was, you know, other than Pat, I was the most memorable thing in that show. Oh, yeah. That was yeah. that's Oscar worthy. Got to say. That was a hell of a performance by you. I will say this for Tony. He's in Hamlet right now at the Pittsburgh Public Theater. And I support theater. My sister is an actress in New Jersey. Tony's part of the 700%. He just doesn't know it. He continues to listen even though I trashed his entire family and career. Tore him up, man. Hey, Tony, I will come see you at, the, uh, at Hamlet, though. No, you won't. I won't. But now other people can't. Who are you playing, Tony? Tell me while I talk to Jesse. Hey, Jesse. Marshall, from The Athletic. Hey. Good, Adam. How are you? Delightful. Jesse, Penguins fans are feeling very confident going into this one. Did they not realize just how easily the last two series could have gone the other way? Yeah. I mean, they still have these moments uh, where they just check out. Um, defensively, uh, I think in puck pursuit, uh, I think that uh, you look at the first period of a couple of those games against Philadelphia, and it took them a while to find their way. Um, they, they, that's what's that's what's the, the concerning piece to this. And, and the farther you go in the playoffs, the better the teams get. Uh, you look at Washington right now; guys like T.J. Oshie and Alex Ovechkin are, are on tears. Um, you give them time and space. If you don't mark them correctly, uh, if you, you keep having those defensive hiccups, sooner or later they're going to burn you. Um, and, and the Penguins, although I thought they were much better against Philadelphia, I thought that they shored a lot of those problems up. Uh, they still reared their ugly heads, you know, from time to time. And they got to start erasing those a little bit. Yeah, there's no question about that. How good is Washington? Because I think most people think, oh, they lost a lot in the offseason. And they're not wrong when they say these kinds of things. But I still think they're a really good hockey club. Yeah, they are. And, and, and in a lot of ways, they're, they're not that dissimilar from the Penguins in the way that they like to play. Uh, I think that uh, they, they attacked about as well as anybody in the National Hockey League this year. And although they did just lose Andre Barakovsky, uh, might not be available for this series at all. Uh, although they did just lose him, and that's a big loss. 
they still have horses at the top of the lineup. Uh, you know, I, it, it, it's crazy to me to think that, that you can almost negate a line that has Alex Ovechkin on it uh, or, or a Backstrom and Oshie combination just by proxy of how good Sidney Crosby's been. Uh, but that's the reality of the Penguins. So uh, I, I think the things that, that Washington are good at, the Penguins are as good at, if not better. Uh, and I think the, the secret key to this series, Adam, is how, uh, how um, loose the Washington defense has been, uh, allowing a ton of shots and a ton of scoring chances uh, at, at a much higher clip than we've become accustomed to from that team. And if they do that against the Penguins, uh, they could be in trouble. Yeah, that's exactly where I want to go with this. And Jesse Marshall from The Athletic joins me here on the Crowley Show. Uh, they've got some pylons back there, do they not? Brooks Orpik's numbers this year, yikes oh mama, and, and Juice... I mean, he's just a guy, right? So is that the biggest advantage that the Penguins are going to have is that the Capitals have some, uh, for lack of a better phrase, clown shows back there? Yeah, the Capitals, uh, and I think this is, again, something different that we've seen from them in the previous iterations of this team have tried to hide their their fourth line and their third defensive pairing a little bit. Uh, and it's not to say that they're not rolling four lines at them. I think they're just not doing it to the level that we've become accustomed to from them over the course of the last two years. And you're likely going to see uh, Connor Sherry, uh, Derek Broussard, and Brian Russ uh, lining up against uh, Brooks Orpik and, uh, and Christian Juice. And I, I personally believe that Chad Ruedel for the Penguins has been better than Juice has for the Capitals. Um, that, that's a testament to, to A, Chad Ruedel, and to B, how poor that third pairing has been. Uh, and, you know, this is the time of year where you just expect Derek Broussard to make his mark. And if that's the matchup he's going to get, you have to feel pretty confident about him doing it in this series. Yes, and the hope is that you've got Evgeny Malkin playing on the second line and you can try to take advantage of matchups that way. I've really liked what we've seen from that quote-unquote third line of the Penguins that you were just referring to, Broussard and Sherry uh, and, uh, of course, Brian Rust. It looked like Connor Sherry had a million scoring chances uh, the other night. Uh, he certainly put himself in a position now. If he could finish, that'd be great. But I like that matchup, uh, just like you said, as one that could take advantage of what Washington's putting out there. Maybe not to the level of the HBK line uh, a couple of years ago, but I think that they're hoping for something similar. Well, it's a line you're confident in the point. Uh, I think that's what's important. and I, I think anybody... Uh, the, the, you know, in that Penguins coaching staff is well aware of the process involved here. Uh, and, and as you said, I mean, Connor Sherry has just been relentless on the puck. And he's gotten a lot of gruff for not finishing, um, you know, the, the, the scoring chance he had in game six against the Flyers uh, to the right side of Michael Neuver. And just unbelievable that that puck did not make it into the net. It was a wide open cage. Uh, sometimes those are the breaks. Uh, and I think it, the concern becomes – Having those scoring slumps, Adam, when you're not also simultaneously generating scoring chances, that's not been the case for that line. Right. They've been controlling the play of the game. And, and if you can roll out a third line that constantly is controlling the play of the game, you've won uh, when you have a guys like Crosby and Malkin in your top six. Gensel, Crosby, Hornquist versus Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, and Wilson. Holy crap, that's going to be fun. There's going to be a lot of shenanigans, Adam. A lot. Uh, Tom Wilson is going to do Tom Wilson things. Um, and, and if Patrick Hornquist can continue to just do the thing that he loves to do the most, which is go to the front of the net and make friends really quickly, Tom Wilson's going to take stupid penalties. Tom Wilson took stupid penalties against Columbus uh, and has been rewarded with more ice time. 
So I really don't see that changing. Uh, I think Tom Wilson is the key to that top-line matchup. A, because uh, for as good as he is on the penalty kill from time to time, Adam playing at even strength and full speed against Jake Gensel and Sidney Crosby is a whole another can of worms and I don't know that he's got the horses to do it I think he's been a little bit of a liability from time to time and I think that's a matchup Sidney Crosby's kind of licking his chops at a little bit without Evgeny Malkin if he were to not play and we really have no idea what's going to happen at this point we just don't if it's Kuznetsov Backstrom and Lars Eller do you like that three center those three centers better than Crosby and Broussard and Shane? Yeah, I do. Uh, well, I, 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 it's a draw. I think you can call it a wash. I think, I think if Malkin can't go at him, you have to entertain the possibility of playing Sidney Crosby against that Backstrom line. Because I, I think at even strength, the Oshie unit is the unit that makes the Capitals go. And, and that's the unit that can elongate offensive zone time. Um, that was the unit that really hemmed the Blue Jackets in regardless yeah. of what John Tortorella did. So I, I think if you don't have Evgeny Malkin, you're probably going to want to try to get that matchup with Mike Sullivan and shift you know, Crosby down to their pseudo 1B line. Uh, but the great news there is, is, is at the end of the day, both Riley Shan and Derek Broussard, I think, are so responsible defensively and have proven that throughout the course of the year that you, you could probably, if you're Mike Sullivan, confidently throw one of them out there in a tougher matchup against maybe uh, you know, an Ovechkin line and, and not have to really worry about it all that much. Um, you, know, you, you probably not, might not get the offense out of, it, you, out of that situation that you wanted, but if you can just limit them, uh, again, you know, the, the Penguins' depth uh, you know, is going to give you multiple scoring chances and multiple opportunities to get goals otherwise. The Capitals roll guys out there like Chandler Stevenson, Brett Connolly, Devontae Smith-Pelly. There are a lot of new faces from the last time that these two teams played in the playoffs, which was only, uh, hell, 350, I think, days ago. What do you think of some of those guys? What do you think of their role players? Uh, They're energy guys. They're guys that can skate and can get on the puck. I think in that sense, that's what makes this series so entertaining. Uh, And the Penguins have, I think the players that the Penguins have at them that play that role, uh, are better than the ones that the Capitals have, uh, but but the idea the idea behind the game here is going to be the same. Uh, I think you're going to see uh, a lot of situations that are going to you know, require guys to to put their work boots on uh, and go get loose pucks. Uh, and just as, as for as much as these two teams will trade chances, uh, I think that each of them can equally be as difficult to deal with once they establish possession in the offensive zone. The way they cycle, the way they activate their defense. Uh, th- those are things that lend themselves to sort of high event hockey, uh, and I think that we're we're due for a lot of it uh, just based on the stylistic approaches that these two teams play. We're joined by Jesse Marshall of the Athletic here on the Crowley Show. John Carlson has been really good for the Capitals. I think the last two playoff series they played, he's at least scored some big goals for him, and then his celebrations make you want to punch him in the eye. How good was he in that first series? And what do you think about the pairing with him and Kempney? Well, you know, and here's the thing, Adam. I think that, that you know, you look at them playing offense, uh, and it's hard to argue with their results. Uh, I think they've been very good uh, playing offense, pinching into the play, starting the rush, getting the puck out of the zone on their own. Uh, defensively, that really hasn't been the case. Uh, I, think, I think they've had poor gaps. Uh, I think their pinches have, are sometimes ill-timed, and I think when you get them into odd man rush situations, 
Um, you know, uh, one of the wildest goals of this postseason was John Carlson on all fours, just spinning around mm-hmm. like a top in front of his goaltender. Uh, that that's a microcosm of of what their their life has been like defensively. So uh, they, you can take advantage of that. And, and again, I think the Penguins have kind of trademarked this style of play at them. I think the, the way a lot of these teams in the postseason are playing, uh, I think they got the idea from Mike Sullivan. Uh, so the Penguins are going to be very comfortable, I think, with this pace and the way this series is going to be played. Uh, and I think if they can they can turn defense into offense, they can put guys like Carlson in, in compromising situations. Uh, advantage Penguins when it comes to the coaching here, Jesse? Oh, absolutely. I, I would say that same statement, Adam, about any series the Penguins are going to play from this point to the Stanley Cup final. I don't think that there's anybody until Mike Sullivan loses Adam, how are you gonna go against yeah, right. him? I mean everything yeah, everything he's touched has turned to gold. I think right now and, and it to to not to be Mike Sullivan and not even get a mention in the Jack Adams conversation, I'm just gonna grind an axe real quick. It's absolutely absurd to me. Uh, to take a team into the playoffs the way he did for the third straight year, uh, to be able to keep a team motivated the way he has, uh, to way to you know to, to have them pace themselves in the appropriate fashion, the lineup magic, uh, that that to me really skip, tips the scales here again. And and you know I think what might happen, Adam, depending on how the series starts, uh, there, there's been a lot of focus on Barry Trotz. There's been a lot of focus on the way that Barry Trotz has the Capitals playing hockey. Uh, you might see him try to step outside of his comfort zone in this series if things don't go well. Uh, that pressure is very we- real. Um, you know, we've seen the Penguins make quick changes on the fly. We haven't seen the Capitals do it yet. Uh, and I think that if uh, you know he, he has this team uh, heading in a direction that they haven't really headed in all year long and changing things up, altering the way they play defense or their breakout, I think that could play into the Penguins' favor. Uh, you know, again, with, with the Penguins are, are, are who they are. Um, you know, I, I, I think they're very comfortable in their identity. I question whether or not Washington would be if they were down, say, 2 nothing in this series. Yeah, that's a really good point by you. And I like the fact that the Penguins start this series, in fact, on the road, because if they're able to win one of those games in Washington and shift some of the pressure back to the Capitals, I do think that that could be very difficult to overcome. Barry Trotz has never been out of the second round. Alex Ovechkin's never been out of the second round. And I think some of that stuff gets overblown. But at the same time, almost to a man, other than Trotz last year, after Game 7, they were saying that they were gripping the sticks a little too tight. It's a pressure cooker, and I think it's tangible just watching it on television. I think you, you can you can sense it in the arena just by taking in the game on TV. Uh, you know, uh, e- even when the Capitals go up 2 nothing in a game, Adam, those fans are sitting on their hands waiting for something bad to happen. Um, yeah, I, I have... Of colleagues uh, and friends that are capital fans, you know, texting me last night up five to two, saying, "I can't believe this isn't over yet." There's <laughs> two minutes left in the game. I mean, it's, it's you know, it, 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 it's in their heads. I mean, there's no way it's not. Um, and, and you know, I know Alex Ovechkin's comment. You know, we're looking forward to it. Uh, I don't see how he is. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's looking forward to the challenge. But uh, the, you know, the Penguins have changed that team single-handedly, Adam, over the course of the last two years. And if, if if they did it a third time, you have to wonder uh, how drastically the landscape of this Metropolitan Division could change uh, by proxy of the Capitals being eliminated in the same fashion three years in a row. Well, it's just that, right? The Capitals have been eliminated by the Penguins the last two years. you got to think that they're thinking, all right, we, we know how to beat them now this third time. It's almost like they've inched closer each time. Overtime in Game 6 two years ago, last year Game 7. This year, what, overtime in Game 7? Is that how it's going to go? Yeah, and, and, and this is something that even transcends eras. Um, I remember, you know, as somebody's in their early 30s and I was a kid, 
and me and my friends were playing hockey out on the street, uh, and it was uh, springtime, and the weather was getting warm. We were, you know, it was Penguins versus Capitals. You know, that's the way you grew up, um, you know, watching Mario Lemieux, uh, you know, uh, just get the best of that franchise year after year, and to see it continue into the second generation. Um, hockey's a weird sport. Things like that happen, and they're not explainable. Um, and, and this is just one of those situations that uh, is one of those weird hockey things. If Malkin plays, who you got? If Malkin doesn't play, who you got? Uh, if Malkin plays, I've got the Penguins in seven games. Um, I, I, I would say six, but I just feel like there's, they're going to give one away defensively at some point. <laughs> I'm in condition to feel that way. Uh, but I'm going to take the Penguins in seven. If he plays, if he doesn't play, uh, I think it's a coin flip that falls in the Caps' favor. Awesome stuff, man. As always, thanks a lot. And hopefully by the next time we talk, they'll actually be playing hockey, but God only knows. Yeah, hey, take it to Saturday, Adam. Give the Penguins yeah. all the time off they can handle. Yeah, without a doubt. Thanks a lot, Jesse. Thank you. Breaking news! Penguins Capitals will start Thursday night. The big question is, will Mark Malkin and or Haglin be ready? I think this is not good for the Penguins. They would much rather be playing on Saturday. Get the few extra days for Hags and Malkin. (sighs) Don't know if they'll be ready. And that's going to play a huge role in this series. If they both miss game one, maybe that's the game the Capitals win that they wouldn't have won previously. We'll come back. We'll dissect that some more, although there's not much more to say. Plus the hottest take of the day, other crap, and the three stars of the show. ESPN Pittsburgh. Americans are always on the move. They're in the car or at the office or working around the house. Americans refuse to sit still. So how do you connect with all those moving targets? Easy with radio. Radio reaches 93% of Americans every week. More than Google, Facebook, and even television. Because, hey, it's time to sit around and watch TV. So when you want to connect with all those constantly moving adults, teens, and millennials, get to iHeartMedia.com and put AMFM Radio to work for your company. Uh, what about Baker? Oh, Baker is one of the most difficult evaluations in this class. I love him on the field, and I love him so much off the field because we have so so many similar sensibilities that I think it's not going to be good for him in the NFL. Fame might go to his head, and God only knows he might be the next Johnny Manziel. Adam, you're off again. He's no Calandro Hopkins. ESPN Pittsburgh Track. Tom's got a hot cousin. Oh, my God, the oh, mic no. was on. Oh, oh no. what happened? Oh, no. I've never seen him more uncomfortable. Me neither. That's why you don't give your cousin's name out. This is, without a doubt, the closest thing to workplace harassment that we've done. Yes, but we're behind closed doors, so it doesn't count. Damn right. Jason tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. Hey, man, I have you turned in on two droid tablets, two iPads, two computers, and an iPhone. Hashtag 700% hashtag Snowflake. That's awesome. I mean, Jason, I give you permission to turn off one of those devices. No, man. No, Jason, turn on even yeah, more, more devices. More. Oh, you can yeah. watch some porn on one of those? No! no. That's like stereo times like three and a half. That's yeah. awesome. I think Jason himself is the reason for the 700% ratings increase. Whatever we, whatever it takes, man. Every one of those devices counts as credit towards us. <laughs> it's uh, time for the hottest take of the day. <laughs> day, day, day. 
The Penguins and Capitals will open their series on Thursday night in Washington, D.C., and I can't tell you how much that pisses me off. Actually, I can, because I've got a radio show. It pisses me off a lot, not because the Penguins are getting screwed over because Malkin and Hagelin aren't going to have a couple extra days to get healthy. No, it's that the NHL is dumb enough to put Sidney Crosby and Alexander Ovechkin, their two biggest stars, up against the king of all television events, the NFL football draft. I mean, are you kidding me with that? You finally got something, something that the casual sports fan wants to watch. Two hockey players who they've actually heard of outside of Canada, Pittsburgh, and Washington, and they're going to have that going on at the same exact time as something that 100 million Americans are going to watch. Really great freaking idea, National Hockey League, you stupid freaking idiots. Gary Bettman can kiss my hairy white ass. I realize you don't want the playoffs to be played until August, but it's two days. Make it up somewhere else. Don't have your marquee game, your marquee series going against the draft. The reason that they made this playoff format the way that they did is so it would guarantee greater matchups like this. You've got Winnipeg and you've got Nashville. They're playing in the second round. You guarantee that the two best teams in the West are going to play because you make it less likely that one of them is going to get knocked off before that point. That's why they did this. They want to see excellent matchups. They want to see rivalries, and they have the best in the sport. They have the greatest rivalry in the sport to casual fans, and they're not going to be watching it. Instead, they're going to ask, Oh, uh, I don't know. I, got, I can't watch that hockey game because i got to see where Alan Lazard got picked. I can't watch the hockey game because i got to see where Shane Tripucka winds up. He's 231st on Texas A&M, or uh, pardon me, on Mel Kuyper's big board. He's the punter from Texas A&M! And that's what people are going to be watching instead of hockey. Great job, Bettman. More like Dumbman. Woo! Other crap. Penguins in Fort. Woo! Other crap. The Rockets scored 50 points in one quarter versus the Wolves. Wow, they really took off. Woo! Other crap. Minnesota, you've got a problem. Woo! Other crap. Really firing on all cylinders. Woo! Other crap. Joel Embiid says the 76ers' time is now. I thought their time was next year when LeBron gets there. Woo! Other crap. Although they're just going to lose in the finals. Other crap. Jordan's better. Woo! Other crap. Overrated. Woo! Other crap. Nice airline. Woo! Other crap. I thought their actual time was 1776. Woo! Other crap. By 2020, China plans to give... All of its 1.4 billion citizens a personal score based on how they behave. The hell is this, Black Mirror? Woo! Other crap. 
Pete Carroll says the Seahawks are still open to signing Colin Kaepernick. In other news, Pete Carroll is still coaching the Seahawks. Woo! Other crap. Well, then sign his ass. Woo! Other crap. There are rumors that indicate that Baker Mayfield could go number one to the Browns. I'm reporting here on the Crowley Show that's not going to happen. Woo! Other crap. The Browns would have to be crazy for that to happen. Woo! Other crap. I'm reporting here on the show that Baker Mayfield is going to go first overall to the Browns. Woo! Other crap. And if not, he's going to go 12th overall. It's a Baker's dozen. Woo! Other crap. That's uh, actually 13. Woo! Other crap. Andahar joins DiMaggio as the only players in Yankees history to hit 10 or more doubles in the first 20 games. I absolutely love handlebars, whether they're on your face or in front of you when you're riding your back. Woo! Other crap. DiMaggio slept with Marilyn Monroe, so I think that's probably the tiebreaker. Woo! Other crap. The Columbus Blue Jackets haven't ever won more than two games in a playoff series. The Penguins have won the Cup twice in the last two years. Woo! Other crap. Alex Ovechkin says he can't wait to play the Penguins in round two, but he said it in Russian. Woo! Other crap. He said it in Russian. Woo! Other crap. He said it in Russian? Woo! Other crap. He said it in Russian. Woo! Other crap. Russian? Woo! Other crap. Pitt basketball has not won a conference game in 422 days. That was Brian's terrible Russian joke, That FYI. was an awesome Russian That's joke. That's terrible. He kept wanting us to say it. Because he's Russian, and he doesn't speak English, and the quote was in English? Get it? It's time for the three stars of the show! Third star! Tonight's third star of the show, Jesse Marshall! There's going to be a lot of shenanigans, Adam. A lot. Uh, Tom Wilson is going to do Tom Wilson things. Um, and, and if Patrick Hornquist can continue to just do the thing that he loves to do the most, which is go to the front of the net and make friends really quickly, Tom Wilson's going to take stupid penalties. I mean, he said it in Russian. Oh, just shut up already! Second star! Tonight's second star of the show, Steve from Phoenix! The one reason we're going to beat the Cavs, and I think any Penguins fan can boil it down to this, I think it's Mike Sullivan. We can talk all day about matchups, injuries, and all that. Until Sullivan loses the damn playoff series, I don't see any reason why we can't beat anybody we gotta play in the match. First star! And tonight's first star of the show, Brian LaMartina! He's no Jay Bra Frataris. Come on, Adam. He's no LaFlo Moratori. Come on, he's no Johnston Ernest. I have no idea what you're saying. He's no Jaylen Paltry. He's no Red- Reggie Frico. 
You're so way off. He's no LaShondre Washington. He's got nowhere near the talent of Intuke Carrera. Adam, you're off again. He's no Calandro Hopkins. <laughs> bonus star! And tonight's bonus star of the show, Adam yeah. Crowley! So you go double kibasi? It's been known to happen. Holy crap! I mean, I could see you taking two kibasis at once in college, but probably not on the sandwich. <laughs> hey, that's a good show today. Not bad. Good work, boys. Everyone got their hand in the pile. Wow. Stars around the table. Who let the dogs out? Who let the dogs out? Tomorrow on the show... Isabella something or other. <laughs> we'll be able to pronounce it by tomorrow. Guaranteed. Yeah. She writes for the Post. Say it in Russian. Isabella something or other. Braden tweets, I only have your show on one device, but it's up kind of loud, so there's that. Hashtag not that committed. You're not number one anymore, Braden. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Pens caps Thursday. Bitches.